create lasting change, inspire others, and make a difference. You have joined the Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Donaldson, and each week you will hear from distinguished co-hosts and guests as they share insights into impacting our culture from your neighborhood to the nations. Today I have with me one of my dearest friends, Ann Byler, better known as Auntie Ann, the founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels. Ann, welcome. Thank you, Dave. Great to be with you today. Now, you are among an elite group of women who have founded national companies in America, and and you're even part of a smaller number that has owned an international franchise company. Uh, You were named one of America's 500 women entrepreneurs by Working Women and and also uh, Inc. Magazine. What would you say to women uh, that are aspiring to lead companies, nonprofits, or their church, but they feel it's still a man's world and opportunities to advance are limited? Well, let, let me say, first of all, uh, you know, God gave each of us a gift. And I think one of the things that's most important uh, from for anyone in business is to Focus on what you have. What is it that you have? You know, I think that oftentimes we get distracted about what other people have and we wish we had what they had. But it's really important right from the start that we focus on what we have. And when we focus on that, then God will grow that. So as women in a man's world, which when I started Auntie Anne's, I I really wasn't aware that, that I was a woman in a man's world because I grew up with five brothers and that was to my advantage. So when I got into this world, the corporate America, and at that time I went to Vegas at one point and there was probably 95% men there. And uh, it was like, wow, okay, this is what they mean by I am a woman in a man's world. But I honestly believe, Dave, that if we focus on that, it's going to trip us up, <laughs> but we need to focus on who we are. Women are influencers. God created us to influence our homes, our communities, our churches, and our world. So I want to say to the women, don't be intimidated by the man's world, but find who you are in Christ. Know what you have. Focus on what you want to do and do it to the best of your ability. And don't worry about what you don't have. Rather, focus on what you do have and watch God work for you. That's great advice. I remember our youngest daughter, who you know, uh, Brooke, uh, who's a a, a pistol. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And when she was uh, just three years of age, we had these placemats that that had all the presidents. And she looks down at that placemat and she says, where are the girls? Where are the girls? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) And uh, I said, Brooke, you can change that. And she said, I just might. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And you know what, Dave? We are. We are. Women are changing that picture. Well, I mean, over my life, I've I've tried to really hire uh, women as executives. Absolutely. Yeah, because they provide such an incredible balance of, you know, usually of detail, balance, caring. Absolutely. And uh, as I meet with leaders of some of us, some of the strongest churches in America, uh, it's women that are leading these churches. Yes, absolutely. And so, so I, there is this transformation that's happening and it's been long overdue. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like since the beginning of time, Satan has tried to, you know, demean and demoralize and despair and discourage women all the way back in the garden. And I, I feel like that women, we need to, we're at a point in time in our lives, we can find who we are and live that out. And God will show us how influential we truly are. And I agree with you at NTNs. I also really hired a lot of women executives as well, because I felt like they brought a lot to the table. So yes, as a woman, you know, uh, be strong and courageous and be all that God has made you and see where God will take you. I was uh, on a TV show up in Canada, which is like a Christian view of the view. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so it's four women on these couches, and for like 45 minutes, they just peppered me with questions. And <laughs> and afterwards, they said, uh, you know, usually men are, you know, they get a little, you know, a little backward and, and uh-huh. disrupted. <laughs> and, and they said, but you were really calm. And I said, yeah, because I do this every night. Uh-huh. <laughs> My wife and three daughters. Yeah. <laughs> That has certainly conditioned you. (laughs) Now, you have uh, an incredible new book called The Secret Lies Within. And uh, I I would encourage every one of our listeners to buy not a copy, but copies. It's an amazing book. Why did you write this book and what do you hope people will take away from it? Well, I feel like what I've learned through the years, Dave, is, is the power of confession uh, I call it the new view of confession because I understand that confession is really about setting myself free. And what I covered in that journey was that, you know, being free, uh, being authentic, uh, understanding that I can be real, you know, in my family, in my relationships. But Dave, let me tell you, it works in the world of business. I carried that with me into Auntie Anne's years ago when I really didn't understand the power, the full implication of the beauty of the view of confession. But can you imagine a world where we take truth, we take light, we teach our employees how to be transparent? The power of that. So my book is not only for people who are stuck in a dark place, but it also teaches people how to live an authentic life. And I can't think of a better place to do it than in the world of business to overcome our pain, our shame, the things that we feel, men or women, we both experience it to some degree. So I wrote the book to encourage everyone to simply be real, authentic, and learn how to live this life of freedom. Now, we have a lot of women in leadership that are listening, and uh, they're building a business or they're working in the corporate sector, but at the same time, they're raising their family. Mm. You did that. Mm. <laughs> uh, how how are you what I call wow. ap- appendextrous? You're, you're raising a family <laughs> with, you know, on one hand, but the other, you're building a business. Well, I must say, Dave, again, I, I'm real about anything that I talk about. And I can tell you, when I started doing the business, Uh, It really threw me off the track. When I say off the track, we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner in our home every day. And Auntie Anne's, I got so busy almost overnight. And within a few months, we were no longer able to do dinner around the dinner table. We got so busy. So I am not the best person to say how well I did that. But what I can tell you as a businesswoman, it's probably the hardest thing to do, raise a family and run a business at the same time. 
Uh, is it possible to do? I believe it is possible. I was very successful at Aunt Anne's, but I must say I was not very successful with my family. There's so many things I look back over the years and I regretted. But what I can tell moms and women today is that bring your children along. Make them your priority. Don't put them on the back burner and say, oh, I don't have time for you today, maybe tomorrow. Talk to your children about what you're doing. Talk to your children about how much you love them, you care for them. Teach them about what you're doing. Bring them along. Don't leave them behind. I'll never forget the day my youngest daughter said to me after many, many years, she finally said to me at the age of about 30, she said, Mom, I want you to know I'm not bitter anymore. The bitterness came from the fact that I, I didn't know how to be a, a mom and a businesswoman. I didn't know how to do both well. I want to encourage you moms. Don't forget your family is number one. At the end of the day, it's your family. You'll have them. You may not have your business, but you're going to have your family. So pay attention to your children and your husband, your family. Yeah, I remember my daughter had something exciting to share with me, and I'm there buried in a magazine. She said, Daddy, are you listening to me? I said, yeah, I'm listening. And while I was still reading the magazine, and she said, Daddy, will you listen to me with your eyes? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Dave. Absolutely. That's it right there. Now You, have you always, cannot neglect that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you and Jonas have always tried to make sure that you and your family are tethered to a local church. Yes. And over the years, you have done trainings with me on, on how business leaders, you know, can cultivate positive relationships with their pastors and their church and vice versa. Uh, how how pastors can do a better job. Yes, absolutely. And even nonprofit leaders where business leaders don't just think that all they want is a handout, but they really want a handshake, a partnership. Yes. Talk to us yes. about that. Well, I think that, uh, as, as you and I have talked about often, there seems to be at times a, a great divide, maybe more in some congregations than others, between the business people and the pastors or the congregation. But let me tell you, I feel like one thing as business people that we can do is to be humble in our approach. We don't always need to be uh, the one talking. We don't always need to be the one that uh, everything does not have to be our way. We don't always have to be the one giving the opinion. We may be giving the money to the church. We may be giving our tithes. And in that way, we feel like we may be able to feel the need to say more or be more like maybe the church needs to really hear what we have to say. I believe that if as business people, we go in there as humble servants, serve our church as well, our people as well as we can, without always talking about what we're doing and how we're doing, <laughs> just kind of be under the radar, uh, be willing to be a servant in the church. That will serve you well, and it will serve the church well. As far as a pastor, uh, I remember in the days I, there was a couple of pastors that we had, and there was one in particular that supported us very, very well. He honored us by coming by and often asking us, how are we doing? Is there anything that he can do to help us with? Are there things that we can, that we need to talk to him about? And I remember clearly one particular time, my pastor came to me with sincerity, asked me how I was doing, and I was just at the end of my rope. But he just listened to me and just let me know once again, Anne, I support you. I encourage you to use your gift. 
I encourage you to not be a 30, 60 fold Christian, but I encourage you to be a hundred fold Christian. Keep moving forward. Let God bless you. He's blessed you with a talent. Let him use you and use your gift as you continue to build this company. I feel like that business people and pastors can have a great relationship. And when that's happening, there is great satisfaction on both sides of the aisle. And you can go to your church feeling like you're contributing, and you can also feel like you're being supported. It can be very, very healthy. But I feel like the greatest piece for the business person is to be humble and be soft in your approach. Now, you are renowned a business executive entrepreneur, uh, but the growth of Auntie Anne's into a world, really a world-dominating uh, company, uh, did not come without uh, huge challenges. Uh, first of all, you know, as you before you were even rolling pretzels, your daughter Angela, your beautiful uh, young daughter, uh, was killed, mm -hmm. and so you're you're dealing with the tragedy of that as you're now launching this new business. You're still grieving, uh, and then also uh, you and Jonas experienced you know some marital challenges as well. And you talk about this. In your, your new book, Secret Lies Within, uh, can you uh, unpack some of that for us? Well, so, you know, we talked earlier about suffering. And, uh, you know, out of, out of all this suffering that we experienced with the death of our daughter and how that took us into a place in our marriage that was just, um, I really thought that we would not survive there. And again, as I mentioned earlier, or it's in my book as well, the abuse of our pastor, all of those things put together, put me in such a dark space. But you know what, Dave, um, all of that out of our pain, our purpose was born. My husband through during those times, we stayed together. Thankfully, we celebrated 51 years together in September of this year. And it's because my husband uh, through all of the pain and the darkness and the struggle and the suffering that we experienced, he began to study uh, human psych just psychology, and he became a layman's counselor. And uh, as our marriage uh, came out of this really dark space, then Jonas began to do marriage counseling as a free service in our community. And when he began to do that, there was no money going into the bank. And out of that, then I began to go. I went to work to support my husband who had loved me unconditionally through all of my craziness and through all of my struggles and through all of my darkness, my depression. He just kept loving me and then became a counselor. And I was indebted to my husband. He became Jesus in the flesh to me. He's the one that loved me. He's the one that touched me and showed me what unconditional love was like. So when he began counseling as a free service, I said to him, "Hun, you know what? We're not making any money. I mean, our bank account is dwindling. There was a few hundred bucks in there and it was going down to nothing. And I said, I'm going to go to work to support you so that you can keep doing the counseling. And that's why ATNs was created. And out of our pain, our purpose was formed. That's the only reason I went to work. And as you said, Jonas, uh, I'll tell you what, when God was passing out kindness and compassion, uh, Jonas ended up with, uh, I think, uh, one of the biggest shares of that that I've ever seen. He is one incredible man of God mm -hmm. and has had a great impact on my life.
And uh, I know you also talk about the forgiveness, mm, uh, mm. the path to forgiveness. Uh, can you talk about that also? Yes. Um, so my pain, blame, shame, my, my guilt, <laughs> you know, I, I live with it for, for many, many years. And uh, during all of that time, um, trying to uh, come out from under all of that. And at one point, God just spoke to me and said, get up off your knees. There were three types of, of confession that I had discovered uh, during these dark years. One was the bedside prayers, which I love, love, love. I love it to talk to Jesus about everything. He keeps all of my secrets. And the second type was the journaling, like the psalmist David uh, you know, we love David because he was raw and real. And sometimes when I read what he has to say, I'm like, ah, I can't read that. It's too bad. But, you know, journaling is a form of confession. And the third form is found in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another. So at one point, God said to me, get up off your knees, Anne. It's time. I want you to go and tell Jonas what's going on in your life. Well, I cannot tell you how hard that was. They're going to have to read the book to really get that full story. But I will never forget, after I made the simple confession to him, I thought that he would divorce me. And the look in his face made me turn and walk away. There was no hugs. There was no verbal forgiveness. There was nothing except a simple, very hard confession to him. I walked away knowing that he would divorce me. He came home later in the day. And in the meantime, I didn't know this, but in the meantime, he got on his knees before God and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? He called a counselor and a counselor said to him, Jonas, you know, you really can go out and do exactly what your wife has done. You can divorce her, remarry another woman. You can do that. But he said, the other option is for you to love your wife as Christ loves you. And Jonas said that struck him so hard he said, I just wept before the Lord. And I said, Lord, how do I do that? And God said, I'll show you how. Be patient and I will show you how. And Jonas will tell you today, if you were talking to him, he would say, when God gave him that mandate, he said the focus of what Anne did wrong or what had happened to her family nearly broke into a point where he felt completely stripped of his manliness he felt completely broken, but he said, the focus went from Anne to my focus was on Jesus. And how is it that he loves me? And he will tell you that I'm still on that journey, making the discovery. How is it that Jesus loves me? And he said, I began to feebly attempt to love my wife in that way. Well, I've been blessed to have a front row seat uh, to your marriage, and it's a, it's a model. I tell my kids that. It's a model marriage. So for mm -hmm. those that are listening, uh, there is hope. There's hope, hope yes. through Jesus Christ for, <laughs> yes. for not a recycled marriage, but a new marriage. Mm. Amen. And mm. you and Jonas, <laughs> you know, have uh, demonstrated that, and you're a trophy. You're a trophy mm, to the Lord yeah. of what he can accomplish. Uh, and uh, in closing, I want you to pray uh, for the marriages of people that are listening right now. Heavenly Father, you created marriage is your idea. It's your plan. It was your idea to bring men and women together. It was your idea for us 
to love, support, and then to create family. And we know clearly, we clearly understand how that Satan ravages, steals and kills and destroys to the point where we are out of breath, we're out of hope, our marriage is over, and we're going somewhere else to start over. I pray, Father, today, in this very moment, those who don't even want to see tomorrow, they're contemplating leaving the kids, the husband that they loved at one point. What happened? Father, I know what you did for us. And I know it was long and it was hard, the recovery, but I pray for all of those listening today. Let them not make a decision in the heat of the battle, but may they fall on their knees and ask you for help. And may you bring someone to them to help them work through the disappointments, the pain and the struggles of their marriage. And may they together rise from the rubble and become a couple that will glorify God and that will be able to tell their story for your glory. Father, we plead for the marriages. We plead for the marriages and the families. Bring couples together for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the children. In Jesus' name, amen. So be it. Uh, pick up your copy of Secret Lives Within uh, for you, your family, friends. Uh, God is greatly using this tool to restore marriages, help people that have perhaps lost a loved one, uh, that have experienced other tragedies and setbacks in their life. Secret Lives Within. And thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Dave. God bless you. You too. I hope you enjoy listening to Influencers on the Charisma Podcast Network. Join us next week for another thought-provoking episode. And remember to use your influence to move people closer to Jesus. Jesus.